Hello and welcome to Pickleball Therapy, the podcast dedicated to your pickleball improvement. This is a special episode of the podcast. Had the opportunity to sit down and chat with Lee Whitwell. Lee Whitwell is a professional pickleball player, but more importantly, she is an ambassador of the sport. And I mean that in every sense of the word. She embodies competition out there. She embodies battle on the court, but she also embodies um, she also embodies just a, a, a sense of awareness about the sport being bigger than any of us, any one of us individuals. Uh, she's always engaging with the fans. She's a very pleasant person to get, a, you know, to interact with with everybody who's at a tournament. Uh, never turns her back on anybody out there. And this is an interesting conversation that uh, Lee and I were able to have about pickleball. Her thoughts. Uh, you're going to gain some insights into how she views, how she addresses the game from a mental standpoint. I think that'll be really helpful to you. Uh, seeing it from her perspective as a very high level uh, competitive tennis player who then transitioned over to pickleball and how you know how she approaches the sport. And uh, you know she has trials and tribulations just like all of us do. And it was a pleasure to interview Lee. I've been uh, uh, itching to to get this episode up, and now is the right time to to broadcast it as part of the special episode. So please enjoy my interview with Lee Whitwell. Lee Whitwell, hello, great to see you, and hear you. Well, they're hearing you, so read a lot. Yeah, it's been a while. <laughs> In fairness, we just finished our interview for the summit. I said, Lee, can we just have a conversation for pickleball therapy? And Lee is a very gracious person, not just because she agreed; she's a gracious person. Period. And she said, let's talk about it. And uh, we were talking about, you know, pickleball therapy being uh, a, a place, a space for pickleball players who are maybe feeling frustrated, maybe they're feeling frustrated, you know, uh, frustrated or, or losing focus or sometimes upset at the game, things like that. And so I thought, Lee, if you could share with us some ideas and ask you to share some ideas on the mental side of the game. And why don't we talk about it first? Uh, let's let's be very practical. Let's talk about it. Lee Whitwell's in the in a very tough match, you know, whether it's tennis or pickleball, whatever sport you want to choose, you're in a tough match. How does Lee Whitwell, uh, what does Lee Whitwell uh, reach out and grab from her reservoir of mental tips and tricks to get through those adverse times that we feel sometimes around on the court? To asking me to reveal all my secrets. Not one of them. One, one of them. Wow. Um, For the good of the community, the pickleball community. Well, now that you phrase it that. <laughs> there you go. You know, it's, we all have bad days out there, and especially in competition. And when you're, you know, you're deep in the tank and, and things aren't going well. One of the things I do, um, besides breathing, right? Because nine times out of ten, when things get tight and we start to put a lot of emphasis on we have to win this point because if we don't win this point, we need the side out because we're going to lose the game. That's a lot of chatter that goes on in your head. Um, and trust me, I'm, I'm the queen of chatter. Um, I only share about 10% of what's in my head. The other 90 apparently is uh, not PG-13 and uh, cannot be said publicly. But we forget to breathe when all that chatter happens. And we put so much pressure in the moment that breathing becomes secondary. So breathing always has to be primary. And then the other thing, too, is, is realizing that a dink is a dink is a dink. Um, whether the score is 1-1 or 10-9 or 12-13, whatever the score is, a dink is still a dink. And if you've done the work and breathe through your shot, you are going to hit that shot because you know you can. Um, the shot doesn't change because of the score. We change the shot because of the score. But the execution of the shot should never change. So it's understanding, doing the work, and knowing that no matter what the score is, you can execute that shot, you know, 100 times out of 100 perfectly. 
um, and breathing. Those are the two main things. Now, um, I'm not going to lie. It's uh, when you haven't done the work, whether it's, you know, weather or work coming in, you know, it's like your day's been, you know, the days leading up to a, a tournament are, are shot for whatever reason. You know, that's when, that's when it comes in because you're like, oh, I, I'm not grooved. I'm not dialed in. You know, and it's, it's like you just have to trust the process and breathe through the shot. That's, breathing is probably the most, the single most important key, I would say, uh, to, to managing your own stress levels. Yeah. I mean, I, I can't second that enough. I mean, the breathing thing is just a lot of times when you're, you're, you're missing or you're feeling tense, you look back and you realize that your, your chest is constricted. Your shoulders are tight. Everything's right. tied up because you're not even breathing through the yeah. process. So. I mean, very few people are born without necks. So if you're watching yourself play and you can't see your neck and your, you know, because your shoulders are up by your ears, I guarantee that you are not breathing. Right. And, 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 you know, if you have a death-like grip on your paddle and you are not breathing, it's, it's, um... It'd be amazing if we could play the game. I've, I've, I've mused about this before where you basically play a game where, you know, you and I were just playing and then at some point there's like a light that, that flicks on. And we go, oh, okay, Lee, I guess we're done. And so we walk up and we look, oh, okay, Lee, you have 11 and I have nine. So congratulations, you won. And we're, right. we're not worried about the score while we're playing because you're absolutely right. I mean, the, the, the score, is, you know, generally speaking, the score should not affect, the, the should not influence the shots you're hitting or the strategies you're making. You're going to hit the shot that makes the most sense, ideally, and execute the strategy that makes the most sense. You know, whether the score is 7-7 seven, seven or 9-7 or, you know, things like that. I mean, you got to, you're always working the same process. Right. And, and you know, and it, it's one of those things that, you know, when there's, there's money on the line or a, a medal on the line or a podium finish on the line, we put a lot more pressure. But it's at 9-10, that, that's not the shot that got you there. Right. Like, you know, you made mistakes earlier, they made good shots, whatever. And we just put so much pressure on those end points. And it, but it's interesting because we forget about the shots, right, the shots that... And, 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 and I think about this also in terms of partners, right? Like we'll, we'll feel bad because, you know, at 10-9, we missed a shot and then maybe they win 12-10, right? But we forget about the, the four shots that we hit that got us to 10-9 to begin with. Right. You know what I mean? Where we yeah. contributed positively, we, we, we're so focused on the negative thing that happened that we forget all the positives. And it's, it's, I don't, it's, a, it's a jumble of stuff, right? It's the good, the bad, the medium, whatever jumbled up. That's the end result. Right, and but oh, but everyone always remembers the last points. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, we're all last point kings and queens, whether we made it or missed it, right? That's right. Um, but it, it is. It's like we just put an enormous amount of pressure on ourselves. And at the end, of, I mean, I, I used to make this reference all the time. I, I come from a heavy tennis background, and um, the return of serve is probably one of the the most stressful moments on the court. You know, somebody can smack a ball 110 miles an hour at you. It is just out past the service line. The ability for your body to recognize or your eyes to recognize that that ball is out, your body instantly relax and you hit an amazing return back because there's no pressure, right? But that ball is one inch in and we hit a very different shot. So it's like our body does have the ability to relax and it's like trying to figure out how can we relax through every shot? Because the freer you play, the better you're going to play, the more fun you're going to have, the better your results are going to be. No one likes to go out there and, and, you know, oh, I'm so sore. I played for an hour, but I'm so sore because we were tense the whole time. Like, no, just breathe. And it's, it's so much easier said than done, but it's, it's definitely something you got to practice and over-exaggerate the breathing in practice so it becomes something automatic. And you touched on something that I, th I think players maybe don't understand well enough, which is this idea that, you know, listeners to this podcast understand the importance of the mental side of things, right? That's the whole point of this podcast. But the, 
the, the, well, we, we, we always stress is that there's two sides to it. One is you're going to feel better. And that in and of itself is great. You know, you know, have that and enjoy that. But the, the other side of the coin is what you just said. You're actually going to actually execute better. So there's a pragmatic side to doing these things like breathing and, and working on the, your perspective and your framing of everything. You'll feel better, but you'll also play better. Now, Lee, let's talk a little bit about maybe like a bigger picture. So let's step back from the court. So we're not on the court. Okay. And is there anything that you do or anything that, that you've come across that's helped you in terms of framing your, your relationship with the game? It's kind of outer body. So we're basically stepping away from the sport or a particular match and to where now when you step out on the court, because, you know, when I see you play, I know you're a competitor, right? I see it in your eyes. I see, you know, when you miss a shot, you know, you're, you're, you get on yourself a little bit and that's natural. But I also see that you have a lot of joy when you play. You seem to just, you know, you're, 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 you're carrying on, you're smiling, you're talking to the fans and things like that. I mean, tell us a little bit about that process in terms of your, your relationship with people. Uh, my relationship with people is very complicated. We break up constantly. <laughs> yeah, I keep chasing people well back. Now, it's, you know, it's, it, I... I have a lot of fun on the court, and, and maybe it's because I started the game in my 40s, not as a teenager, although I wish that I'd started or that pickleball where it is now, I was a teenager because, you know, chasing the ball that these youngsters keep getting. I, I hit a good shot, and they run, and they get like nothing. It's very... Um, <laughs> <laughs> and they give, yeah, you know, it's like, here we go. But, um, but no, to me, it's very important. Uh, I know that the Pro Tour currently resides on... It sits on top of amateur events. Um, and the reason we have fans is because we sit on an amateur event. And Major League Pickleball is slightly different. It's, it's its own event. But it came to light after the other tours had started. So a fan base was already established. So when I'm playing, for me, it's very important to interact with fans, interact with the crowd, because they are the reason I have a platform. And I never want to forget that. And I want to bring them on this journey with me. Um, that is, I want them to feel a part of it I, because they are a part of it because the, the only reason I am here is because of them. You know, I could be the best pickleball player in the world with the audience of nobody. Who cares? Um, so, you know, exactly. And, it, and it, it's, it's important for me to, you know, yes, I'll get down on myself if I make a stupid mistake, but it's also important for people to see me laugh at myself for making a silly mistake or a great shot because the, they're the shots everybody misses. We've all missed inks, we've all missed third serves, returns, easy footaways, you name it. We've all done that. So, you know, just that brief reprieve or that interaction with it with a fan, laughing and going, I can't believe I missed that. And they're like, I miss it all the time. I'm like, yeah, I feel so much better. Um, but it's it it is. It's important to to have that connection. Cause it's you know, competing can be isolating. Even though you're playing doubles, it can be isolating and it just it brings a team into it with you and you're like, oh, I'm you know, let's see if we can wow them more. And then, yeah, I mean, I, th I think that that just having a perspective of, and I, I love the way you're describing it because that describes, you know, Lee Whitwell's relationship with the audience, with the fans, and also with the with the sport as you're playing it. And I think, you know, players out there, whether you're a pro player or not a pro player, you have the same experience, right? In other words, like if there's your friends are there and they're watching, just engage with them. You know, kind of have more of a relaxed atmosphere of it when you're playing. Not saying that missing the shot's great. Not saying that 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 you know doing your best out there is not important, but keeping it in in the framing of a bigger context. Because I'll tell you this: we always ask players. We say, we say, you know, why do you play pickleball? 
And no one has ever said to us, I play pickleball to win the games. You know, no one's ever answered that. Usually it's fun, exercise, my friends, you know, getting out of the house, being active, things like that. I'll be the first. I play pickleball because that's the only thing I'm winning. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> you, well, you, the story, the story I, 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 I want you to, uh, the listeners may not have heard the story of how you got into pickleball. So we're going to get into that in a second. So you, you brought it up. So we're going to get into that. But, you know, the, the idea that if I came out to play pickleball to see my, my cohorts, right, to see my, my friends, um, why not lean into that, right, when I'm out there as opposed to leaning into this, you know, oh, I was up, you know, 10-7 and I lost that game. Lean into the positives of the experience. All right, so tell the story. Well, how is it that you got into pickleball and, uh, and, and a little bit maybe what's meant to you? And then in the riff, we're going to talk about um, some, some stories that you're going to share about other players, but let's talk about Lee Willow right now. Um, this is my most uncomfortable topic. The, I mean, not, this is the, this not is the how I got into pickleball, talking about myself, talking about myself. Um, no, I, I mean, I got into pickleball with a really good friend of mine. He's a pal, so could ask me to play in a tournament. And I said, sure. And, um, then she said, by the way, it's not Tana. And I'm like, what are you asking me to play? And she's like, it's pickleball. I may forget it. Why would I play something my dead grandma could play? And um, we went back and forth, back and forth. She said, it's going to be so much fun. You're going to have a blast. I'm like, Lily, it's a blast of ball. How much fun can I really have? Um, I'm not into fun. I'm super serious. <laughs> I play tennis. Um, and after about 20 minutes, she's like, fine. I'll buy you a case of beer. And I'm like, don't bury the lead. And you should have led with that. I'm like, I'm in. Like, and, and sadly, I always knew I had a price. Uh, I thought my price would be, you know, Haley will give me $10 million at your stitch. I'm like, it was my dad in the wine cellar with a broomstick. But no, 1995 got me into pickleball with case of beer. So is that the first time you played pickleball well, at a tournament? Or yeah, I, play, I played at a five-year-old. I think she would let me play a few days before. No, she wrote rental on a paddle that she owned and let me borrow. And uh, so you showed up to the tournament and the first time you ever served a pickleball or hit a pickleball was? I didn't know the rules. I was serving and volleying. I was in the kitchen. I bought, but I had an absolute blast. And not only did I have an absolute blast, but what struck me was coming up to the pick. Like, I mean, we played our first match, and I don't know how we won, but we won. Um, I think they took pity on me. And I'm like, okay, I'll see you later. She's like, where are you going? I said, home. She's like, no, 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 there's another match. I'm like, what do you mean? Like, it's doubles. There's no many doubles. It's doubles. Um, I said, so we'll play the second match tomorrow, thinking tennis, right? And she's like, no, everything's done today. I'm like, what kind of sport is this? This is now going down a whole different you know, rabbit hole of like, I don't understand this. How many matches have we played? She's like, about seven. Like, what do you mean seven matches? Are you insane? Um, so I stayed. And as I, we, as in between matches, as we were waiting, I was looking around and I'm like, what is this place? It's, you know, you saw tents and coolers and people and chairs. And of course, all levels are playing. And what struck me was how community-based this sport was, how it was people interacting that had seen each other a couple of weeks ago at a previous tournament and reconnecting and this and you know and it was just this amazing interaction of people wanting to hang out and be together and not only that but just I mean you know there were people watching us and like oh what are you guys saying oh no our bracket finished two hours ago but we're just here for the day watching and hanging out and I'm like who does that um so it was very very fascinating to have that in that look into us that first look into a sport being like, what is, what, A, what is going on here? I'm trying to understand how to play in the rules, first off, which I don't know. Second of all, all these people not only wanted to come here and play, but want to stay. 
that was that was it was very interesting um and that that was sort of the nugget that kept me coming back of like this community sense of like wow look at this it's it goes back to when, and, and you, you, we talked about it a little bit during your summer presentation as well during that conversation, but I think that ties into what we just talked about, which is there's a bigger picture to Piccolo, right, than, than a, a pop-up or a missed shot, or it's the community, it's the, it's the being around these, the, these folks, right, and uh, becoming friends with them, right? Uh, there's a shirt I meant to tell you earlier about this shirt um, one of our campers had on that was amazing. I think you'd love this shirt, but it says... It says it has like a world on it. It says, if it weren't for pickleball, I would never have met you and you and you and you and you. It's a great shirt. And so um, it's just a, there's such a bigger story to pickleball than um, than a pop up or than one game that was missed or one shot that. But 100 percent. I mean, people always tell me it's like, what you know, what is what is so special about pickleball? And I said, you know, at the end of the day, when. All is said and done, and I'm no longer playing pickleball. What is important to me? Will I remember the trophies, the medals, the wins? I won't. I'll remember the memories, the moments, the interactions with people. That is so much better. I mean, I remember the US Open this year. Uh, we played terrible uh, for whatever reason. Um, and I was just bummed because it's like everything should have pointed. Oh, I know. Everyone was cramping that that year, <laughs> this past year. That's what it was. But everything pointed to the fact that that we were we were on a, on track to podium and win, right? And um, I was just gutted for I don't know why I put so much pressure on myself, but I was just gutted because. And these people came up to me, and this one lady came up to me and said, "Can I take a photograph?" And I just lost, and I'm like, "Oh, please don't ask me on your own. This is I'm not in a good space." I'm like. I said, just give me one minute. I've got to put all my stuff away. She's like, oh, I'm so sorry. I just realized what I've, I've asked. I'm like, no, 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 you're fine. Let me just put my stuff away. And she overheard a conversation I was having with my partner. And she came up to me and she's like, you know, none of us here care if you win or lose. We're fans of you. And we love how you bring us into your match. Don't change. And that struck a huge chord. And then brought you back to reality. It brought me back to reality. That's the reason why I do it. It's like at the end of the day, do the wins matter? I mean, in the moment they do, but I could have a heartbreak of a loss. It's not going to be in the paper tomorrow. Like people aren't going to be like, oh my God, there's this, you lost, don't, don't, don't look at it. No one cares. The world keeps turning. Like, You're not going to be the cover of the Inquirer? No, but we make it to be this big know, right? thing, right. but we do live in a bubble. Right. And, and we have to understand that there's life outside of this bubble. And, you know, yes, I definitely want to bring more and more people into this bubble and make this bubble bigger. But at the end of the day, it's your interactions. It's how you make, I always say, People will always remember how you made them feel. So I would like to make people laugh and feel good about themselves. Um, you know, for the most part, I think I do that occasionally. 99, 98%. 97% of the time, you know, 3% of the time. If, if you get the other side of me, you probably deserved it. <laughs> I'm sorry. But no, but it is. It's like people always remember how you make them feel. And to me, that's what Pickleball has allowed me that vehicle to be able to make people feel good, to laugh, to enjoy an interaction or a stupid moment that I do on the court or a great moment, you know, so. And let me, let me play on that a little bit because I think it's, it's, I think there's, there's a lot to that in the sense that you're a pro player, right? So the, the folks you're interacting with, the US Open are interacting with you. And initially, at least like that, that the person who wanted the picture with you um, at the, before that didn't know you. But they knew you, but they knew you, you know, like across the fence, so to speak, right? Mm -hmm. And then they had a moment to interact with you, and now they know you on the other side of the fence. 
know, what I would suggest is for, you know, anybody listening to this, any player listening to this, you don't have to be a pro player to have a Lee Whitwell moment on the court. What I mean by that is, and I just had this idea, so I think it's pretty good. You tell me what you think. But basically, why can't, why can't everybody be like a Lee Whitwell on the court? Meaning you miss a shot, you know, there's players waiting to play open play. You turn around and go like, oh my God, I can't believe I missed that, right? And so now it's a, it's a fun interaction. Right. You're, 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 you're reaching outside the fence, so to speak, right? And having an interaction with the folks outside the fence. And it gives you a better perspective, a bigger picture of the whole thing. The, the, the shot doesn't matter as much because you've got, you know, three people to chuckle with you about it or something. Exactly. You know, and it's, it, it is. And we'll call it the Lee Whitwell approach. I, I like that. All right. I like that. We do have a thing called the Hackenberg rule for Jim and Yvonne Hackenberg. So we do name things and they just stick sometimes. I mean, I have a walkway already, but I prefer this approach better. It's the Lee Whitwell rule. Yeah. I was like basically. Lee Whitwell better than yeah. the Whitwell walkway. <laughs> <laughs> That's another podcast. It's right? a whole different thing, but, but no, I mean, it's like, I mean, there, there's a couple for me at the US Open. There's a, there's a couple of defining moments, and one of them, you know, and going back to, I think it was a year ago, this one lady came up to me in Arizona and she's like, I love your Instagram. I love what you're doing. She's like, you pulled me out of a really dark place. That is what I do. That, this is the reason why I do what I do. I don't, the, did I care that I, I had a great win? No, that right there trumps everything. Than any. Yeah, and at the U.S. Open, there's this one lady who came up to me. She's like, oh, my God, you're so funny in this. So like, you know, like, you're funny. And she's like, you know, my daughter said I should ask you to do a TikTok. Well, I do one. You know, and then I, you know, somebody came up to me and goes, you don't know her story. But, you know, this is a big deal that she's out here. And she'd been, you know, she'd been a cancer survivor, stage four cancer. You name it, Pickleball saved, you know, she loves Pickleball. It's a community. I hate to say Pickleball saved her life because... You know, well, it played a role. It played a role, and it plays a role in, in 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 making people better every day in whatever capacity. And we did it. We did a we did an Instagram video. We did we made a reel together. And I think I captioned it: "Hiss a strong woman everywhere." I said, "Behind a smile, there's a story you'll never understand." Um, and it was a thank you to her. It was a nod to her um, because her outlook was so amazing, so positive. And it's like, you know, everyone's fighting battles way bigger. Than a two out of three. Yeah. Or a game to 15. Like that is the bottom, bottom line. And we have to constantly keep that into perspective. And pickleball is a great vehicle. It's a great sport. It brings people together. There are so many stories out there that you hear, you know, somebody's battling cancer. Someone lost their partner, their spouse, their son. Um, you name it. You know, their, you know, their yeah. husband embezzled millions and left them with nothing. And now she's starting over at 50. Not, you know, but pickleball has given her a place to breathe. To press pause and belong, right? So you, we exist in this space all the time, and I think sometimes as pros, we forget that there is a huge platform that sits underneath that of underneath us of of, of, of hundreds and thousands of people who all have stories, who are all there for a reason that is important to them. We're not better than. We don't sit above them. We play alongside them, beside them, with them. And I think if we keep that perspective, we can grow pickleball. The minute we separate that perspective, we're on a collision course for, for ego and right. meaning. And I think, I think we have to view ourselves, Lee, and, and I think this is how CJ and I view our roles in this whole pickleball ecosystem is, you know, if we have a voice, I think we need to be stewards of the sport for the players more than for us as either professionals or businesses or whatever it is, right? In other words, there's, there's an impact on the on the 
you know, and the lives of, of players out there all over the country, all over the world. Uh, and it could, and it still has so much more to grow, uh, from my perspective anyway, you know, in terms of like, you know, overseas and even in our country, um, and even, you know, North America and, and elsewhere. Um, you know, and, and so I think we need to be cognizant of that and not lose sight of that because, you know, that's for instance, like when we, we took a position on the spin serve, the pre-spun serve, um, not because we hate to serve or anything like that, because we didn't we we didn't see it being productive for the larger football community. And I don't want to get caught up on the surf. But that's just an example of like trying to be a steward. And I think that's if I'm hearing you correctly, that's what I'm hearing you say. In other words, that even though you're a pro player, you're saying, you know, I don't want to lose sight of the bigger picture of pickleball and its importance in the community. What one hundred percent and I think, you know, We'd be, we all of us would be making a grave mistake if we ever lost sight of that. You know, we're all we all live and breathe and work in this in this space. You know, and we need to do whatever we can to keep it growing, to keep it healthy, to keep watering it. Um, it's, I mean, who? It blows my mind every day that a I get to play professional pickleball. Who would have thought? B you get to work in pickleball as well. Because I'm not, I just, I just don't play for I also, I, I do have a, real, a full-time, a real job. I do have a full-time job, not that, you know. Um, and, but, but who would have thought that this plastic wall would have transformed so many lives? Like, it's crazy how this weave has happened, right? And it's growing internationally. I do have a front seat at the international growth. That's, that's where I, I do most of my work. And it's a lot of fun to see and, you know, and, and see these interactions. But... At the end of the day, we play a sport yeah. that involves a plastic ball. It's fun. It's inclusive. It's loud. The people who play are loud because of the proximity. And it is just a big backyard where we can all congregate and press pause on our lives for a moment. And that moment, for most people, lasts seven days a week. But that's okay. Um, <laughs> but it is. And it's just, it's, it's, Pickleball is making people feel great, feel good about themselves, make them feel like they belong somewhere. And, and if you want to tap into the psychology of the human condition, what do we all want to do? We all want to feel like we belong and that we're needed. And Pickleball provides that in a nutshell. Now, that's a great message, Lee. I want to, I want to ask you for one more, one more uh, piece of uh, advice if you can share it with the listeners. Um, and, um, we, we always close a podcast, um, the, the end of the podcast every week is if you enjoyed the podcast, share it with a friend. If you enjoyed it, they probably will too. Um, I think let's, uh, let's expand on that. Not the podcast, let's expand on that on Pickleball. So if someone's listening here and, um, you know, what would you recommend to them or, or what, what are your thoughts about, you know, them sharing this beautiful sport with somebody else, a friend, a family member, someone going through a difficult spot in their lives. I mean, how would you, what message do you have on that front? I mean, they may take your spot in open play. They might. No, they're not going to take it. Um, No, honestly, it's like if you play pickleball and you think you know some people who might play pickleball or might want to play pickleball, introduce them to the sport. Go out there and, you know, go have a a laugh for 20, 30 minutes. Teach them the sport. We we all have some level of hand-eye coordination. Some of us is better than others. But we, we can all make contact with the wall. And, and the joy you see on people's faces when they start making contact with the wall and then get better and better, right? It's, it's the one sport where you can see improvement very, very quickly. Um, so I think that we, we are all ambassadors of the sport. We're, we all love pickleball. 
And we all collectively need to help grow the sport and get people out there playing. And, you know, you never know your neighbor. Um, introduce your neighbor to pickleball and they'll end up with 300 friends they didn't know they wanted or needed. And, and you might have saved their life. Honestly, and that, I mean, I don't say that lightly. It's, it's done so much for so many people. And I mean, I could go on for hours about the stories I hear every single day about how pickleball has saved someone or changed someone or transformed their life in some way, shape or form. And we get to play that role and a part in that every day. And that is an honor and a privilege and we should never take it for granted. You heard it here from Lee Whitwell. Be active, uh, not just in playing and improving yourself as a player, be active in helping others uh, learn this amazing sport that you love. Lee, it's always a pleasure to see you, and thank you for being part of the Pickleball Therapy Podcast. My pleasure. Thanks for having me.